Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. I learned about God and Jesus at a very young age. Mom would take me to church as a child, but one Sunday we stopped going. Really don't know why we didn't go anymore. Maybe she lost her faith or it just was too far to go anymore. As a child, I really didn't understand the concept of what I was being taught about God and Jesus. But as life went on, I knew today where Jesus was at not knowing back then he was right there beside me. Like one night, as a small child, I remember my dad coming into my bedroom and saying, boy, why aren't you sleeping? And I replied, I'm scared. There's monsters underneath my bed. So he grabbed me up by the collar of my pajamas and waistline of my bottoms and slid me underneath the bed like it was a water slide. Then on the other side of the bed, as I slid out, I wasn't scared anymore. I felt at peace. As I know today, it was Jesus underneath there who helped me up on the other side and back. No monsters under there, so he says. So when Jonathan asked me to share my testimony, I hung my head, but only for a second as God lifted my head up like so many times before. Here's your chance to change lives. What God has done for me, let's make difference in as many lives as we can today. Let us pray. God, I pray that with everyone here today and all that's listening online, that my search for God finds all who are struggling with life alone and life's addictions. Find them as you found me. Touch them as you touched me and change them and give them peace and set them free from all their struggles. Amen. So I read this small little story which encouraged me to share it with you all. There was this woman. I don't know if this story is true or not. This woman was a widow and she had nothing. No food in her pantry and every day she would get on her knees and pray, Dear God, fill my pantries with food. So one day there was a knock on her door, and when she opened up her door, right there in the doorway was all the food she had been praying for. She said, oh my goodness, God did it, God did it, God did it. A man jumped out from behind the bushes and said, aha, I'm your next door neighbor, and I am an atheist, and I heard you praying yesterday outside your window for God to fill your pantry. So I went to the store. No, I went to the grocery store, and I bought all the groceries, and I put them right here on the doorstep, and I hid in the bushes and watched you praise a God that does not exist. So she said, God did it. God did it. God did it. He says, no, no, no. You are not listening. You are praising the wrong God. I heard you praying the prayer from the window 
I don't believe in God. There is no God. I went to the grocery store. I brought the groceries with my own money, with my own credit card, put them in my car and drove them over here, put them at the doorstep, knocked on your door and hid in the bushes and watched you give praise to a God that does not exist. Well, this woman, she doesn't know much, but she says, God did it. God did it. God did it, and he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you about a God who can take bad stuff and do life-changing things. Life for me began in Asheville, North Carolina, with a loving mother, but with an abusive father, my stepdad. I never knew my real dad. As life went on, the mental and physical abuse made its toll on me and molded me for who I was for many years. As the years went on, I found myself dependent on drugs to ease the pain of all I was struggling with. I can say now, through it all, God was there, right there beside me. Even during a car accident I experienced as a teenager, I saw heaven that day. I walked beside God that day in heaven with all its beauty blue skies and smells of flowers all around. Something I will never forget. And then I remember someone saying, not yet, you have lots of life and people to touch. Thinking it was a dream as I woke up in a hospital in a body cast that I had to wear for five months. After nine months in the hospital, I was finally free and life went on. Many years later, drugs continued and still, I still hadn't learned my lesson yet. As God continued beside me, but had no idea at the time he was there, I found myself married with who had the same addictions as I had. That didn't work out well. Three kids later, who grew up without knowing their dad also, I think, like father, like son, it must run in my family. So ending up in prison for 12 years, we'll do that. So, to this day, I still have no relations with them. I struggle with this, but continue to pray about it and ask God to give them forgiven hearts for my absence. Still, God walks with me during my time in prison as opportunities and doors open six years in, where I earned a certificate in equine assistance veterinarian to thoroughbred racehorses, where I'd nursed their injuries back to good health, from off the racetrack, then trained them to be trail riding horses that were adopted out later. As we finished with our horses that were assigned to us, we were allowed to ride them as part of the training on the farm of 250 acres to just ride. If I had to be in prison, this was the way to do it. I had grown up with horses and knew how therapeutic it could be. So as you see, it hasn't always been loving wife, Camaros, Corvettes, or nice truck with a business and a loving home to live in. Always remember, it's not what we have in life because without God in our lives, we have absolutely nothing. We cannot change unless we want to change. And change will not come for some of us until we are at rock bottom with nowhere else to go except up. So if you are struggling with life as I did, then do as I did, because God will save all who ask him 
for the same touch of life he touched me with. Jesus says in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear me, hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and fellowship with him. He came into my life and gave me peace and joy I've never had before. Thank you. Stay here, Stephen. Stay here. We want to pray for you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting I know me. that your words and your story are an impact to all of us. And God, God is using you. He's, he's blessing you. And, uh, man, he's, he's got future works for you that, uh, man, only he knows about. So praise God. Let's, let's pray for Stephen. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for Stephen. Thank you for saving him. God, thank you for delivering him from his addictions. Lord, you have called him to serve you. God, because you know him and you love him. God, you're giving him good. And so we thank you for him, God. Watch over him, bless him, bless him and Linda. And God, we're grateful that he's a part of the Valley Church family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, I'm looking for Sarah. Come on up, Sarah. <laughs> um, many of you, uh, you, you don't miss Sarah and Brian and Sarah here at the church family um, because uh, they get to know everyone. Um, and uh, man, Sarah just wanted to share. I, I saw her testimony. She shared just about um, her coming to this church. And I want you to hear this. So take it away. <laughs> Do I need this? Okay. All right. I made an outline. I may or may not use it. I just need to stay under five minutes according to what Jonathan said. So we'll see if that happens. So I hope somebody has a clock. Um, I shared a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago and Jonathan happened to read it. Some of the rest of you read it too. And he asked me to share a little bit about what I had posted about our move over here from the West Coast. Do we have any other West Coast transplants in here? Nobody? Okay. I know we have Megan and Brian uh, Barney who are sitting out there this morning who came over from California and we share a lot of uh, similar backgrounds and stories with them. But um, we have been here for almost two years. In February, it will have been two years. And I wanted to share a little bit about our journey coming over here from Oregon. Uh, my husband, Brian, over there, raise your hand. Uh, he and I, um, we lived in Oregon our whole lives. We were born and raised there. Uh, we had a lot of friends and family there. We are former church planters. We've always been really active in our community. And um, we intended on staying there forever until COVID hit. And Oregon kind of went crazy, as the rest of the West Coast did too. Um, because of what happened with COVID, we took a lot of time and prayed about it and decided that we were going to leave Oregon. Um, we saw how bad it was getting and we didn't want it to get worse with us still there. 
So we prayed and looked around for property um, all throughout the United States and just really prayed that when we found the right place that God would show us. Uh, about a year and a half into looking, I came across a Zillow posting for a cabin in Ohio, way out in the middle of nowhere. And we decided, you know, I, I grew up a lot, I spent a lot of years on a farm, and we are into homesteading and animals and becoming self-sufficient. So we looked at this place in Ohio and decided to buy it. And it's a big log cabin up off of Ketzel Hill. I don't know if any of you know where that is. But it's basically across the river and up over the hill. Um, we saw it online, and I just really felt like God was saying, this is where I want you. Um, and in that process, um, we set up a, an offer. We got all the information that we needed, and we made an offer on it. And the offer wasn't um, put in in time, and it was accepted by somebody else. So I really felt like God was pushing us towards this cabin, though, and we just kept praying about it. And then about two weeks later, our realtor called and said, hey, um, the offer was rescinded. There is some work that needs to be done on the roof, and it's not going to be done in time for this other couple. Are you interested in putting your offer back in? And so we did. But let's back up a little bit. Um, we also wanted to make sure that we would be a good fit for our community that we were looking at moving into. And so, funny story, I asked our realtor before we put in an offer, uh, where does everybody hang out at in Sardis? <laughs> and Sardis is only about 500 people and about half of those people live up in the hills. So um, she started naming some places in Sardis and one of the places she brought up was a cheese shop. Has anybody been to the cheese shop in Sardis? Okay. Well, she said, why don't you call the owner and talk to him? So I called him, and uh, we talked on the phone for about an hour. And I asked him every question that I could. What are the people like there? Are they conservative? Did they go crazy during COVID? Um, told him a little bit about our background to see if he thought we would be a good fit. And he said, yes, absolutely. So he was one of several people that we talked to. And it really seemed like every conversation that we had, it looked more and more like this was where we needed to be. And that we would not only be coming to a community that was welcoming towards us, but that we would have something to offer back to that community as well. And that's really what we were looking for. So. Back to putting on the offer, it was accepted, and I started looking around for churches. And that's kind of where Valley Church comes in. Um, not everyone knows that Valley Church has a website. They have a website as well as many other churches up and down the Ohio River. So I kind of started at the church websites that I could find closest to this cabin that we were getting. And I started uh, going online and looking at the information that they had posted, and if they had any sermons up, I watched those and, again, prayed about it. You know, God, I know that you're going to provide a church family for us. Um, which one is it going to be? Well, Valley Church was actually the last one that I found and that I had listened to. We went all the way, you know, from where the cabin was, up the river, across the bridge, down the other side, 
New Martinsville, Payton City, and God just immediately put it on my heart that this was where we were going to call home. And it was really amazing because then when we actually made our move a couple months later, um, we got here on a Thursday night, and I don't think we even had any clean clothes by Sunday morning. And we were exhausted. We had come 2,700 miles, packed up everything that we had, um, gotten rid of most of what we had. Actually, we got rid of about three quarters of our stuff and fitted all with our older kids who also moved here into a 16-foot moving truck. So they got eight feet and we got eight feet. <laughs> we also brought animals with us and we had our, our five kids. So anyway, we, came, we got here on a Thursday night exhausted and on Sunday morning came in, sat down right over here, right behind Jonathan and Precious, and just immediately felt this sense of, <sighs> we've moved all the way here and now we're home. And I couldn't tell you what anyone's name was, but um, from that moment on, we have felt so good about our experience here and the people that we have met. We have never been in a church that was so welcoming towards us. Um, we've never been in a community that felt so welcoming. And it's been an amazing journey and an amazing experience um, we have yet to feel alone in all of this. Um, we feel like now we have a family of friends here. Um, another funny story, we left our biological family behind in Oregon, other than our kids. Our, even our older kids followed us over and they're renting an apartment in Columbus. But we also adopted a grandma Grandma Shelby, who works at Walmart, or worked at Walmart, I should say. <laughs> we, we, um, we joke around about how we came over here and left our biological family, and then we found a grandma to adopt out of the garden department at Walmart. <laughs> so so we, we have Grandma Shelby now, and just... We're thankful to so many of you as well. I don't have enough time to go through all the names of all of you sitting out there that have come forward and wanted to develop a relationship with us and our family. Um, we had so many offers of help and just people constantly checking in on us making sure that we were okay, connecting us with other people that they thought would be a good match. And um, after two years, it's, it feels like uh, we've known so many of you for so much longer. So we're just really, really grateful, and above all else, that is what we wanted to share. Uh, just our, our testimony of coming over here and how God has worked through this church how God has worked through all of you, um, how, he, how he brought us here so that then we could also give something back. And we look forward to whatever God has in store for us um, in, to do that. Stay up here, Sarah. Brian, can I have you come on up too?
we we are so grateful for you guys and uh, grateful that God brought you here. It's it's I mean God's God's way of doing things. He uh, he does amazing things just to bring you to um, even recovering just from the the pain of even uh, church planting yeah. and uh, going through all that. But uh, God has brought you to a place of healing, yeah. and uh, He is using you in in relational ways. Just uh, I mean, if you get to know Brian and Sarah. They will have you over to dinner at their house. I mean, they're always they're always inviting people to uh, just just be a part of their family. So we're grateful you're part of the Valley Church family. Um, can we pray for them? Okay, Father, we're so thankful, God, that um, you just brought Brian and Sarah by your divine providence to this valley. And God, uh, you you plan things in ways that we just don't understand, but we know that you've you brought us into a church family. You've brought us home, Lord, that uh, that we might be able to seek and serve and send disciples. And thank you for the role that Brian and Sarah play in that, Lord. As as uh, Lord, you've just gifted them with with the hospitality that um, that you saw in 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 Abraham, even in the Old Testament. God, you chose him because of that quality. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can just share that with one another. God, continue to grow us in our love for one another. And, Lord, help us to be mindful of even the Brian and Sarahs that come into our church, Lord, and their family, God. Um, Lord, we, we pray that we grow together in unity all the time. We love you. I'm grateful that you call us your children. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Good to see you. <laughs> all right. Um, Candace, you're up next. Come on up. Y'all ready? All right, take it away. Hello, everybody. Whew, I'm nervous. There's a lot more of y'all standing from up here. There is sitting in my little corner over there. Whew. Uh, so there should be no excuses for not doing my testimony. Isaiah 43, 1b through 3a says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So, hello, my name is Candace. Um, there are many of you here who know me personally my whole little section over here. <laughs> uh, while others of you only know me as the smiling mom with awesome hair. <laughs> what some of you don't know is the craziness of my past. And this one picture will sum up a lot more than anything I could say. There it is. This was me at 17 years old, being sent to the penitentiary for nine years. You see, I'm an addict, and this was where addiction leads. Well, this in the grave. See, I actually feel lucky that this was the option I was given. I used to be so angry that I had to give up such a chunk of my life instead of being thankful that I still had one. So the insanity of my life before recovery was that I only lived for the next high. If I'm being honest, I still struggle with current addictions. You don't have to look very far to see sin in me. I'm not sinless. <laughs> I still sin. 
Huh, but the difference today is that I wouldn't put them above the needs of my children. The old me would have. My father used to pawn all of our stuff and steal from my grandma to feed his addiction. He taught me from an early age that it was okay to take what I wanted from others. He often used me as his scapegoat. I could drive at the age of 12 because my father learned that the ticket for allowing a minor to drive was a lot less than driving under suspension. So there are many circumstances in my past which I'm sure others can relate to. And I can see that now. I used to feel dirty thinking I was alone. <laughs> Testimonies like yours though, they helped me choose or learn that I'm not. I learned I wasn't. Somebody else shared their story with me. Now I'm here to tell the next one that they are not alone either. I had so much pain and trauma in my life that I used drugs as a way to escape. I'm shaking. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Some examples of my trauma are that my mother abandoned us early. I was raised by my grandparents, both of whom I've lost now. My own father introduced me to drugs and alcohol at the age of 13. And that same father molested me when I was 14 and later blamed me by saying that I looked too much like my mother. I've been raped multiple times, usually by somebody I thought I could trust. I witnessed a murder and then had to spend almost a decade of my life incarcerated for it. And I've lost so many friends and family along the way that my head spins just trying to think of them all. I have been given lots of life experience to use to help others in pain and darkness. Sobriety is so scary because you are forced to feel all the emotions that you have been suppressing for so many years. But I'm here to tell you that it's worth it. My relationship with God before now has been non-existent. I knew of him. I was raised in the church. I know how I should be living. But I chose to ignore it and do what I wanted. I didn't have a relationship with God because I actually blamed him and turned away. I also don't think it helps that he is the father. Because it was my actual father who abused me. So even just hearing the word father for the longest time made my skin crawl. So it was hard to sit and hear father, father, father. Well, since giving my testimony for the first time, I've heard that resonate with more than just one person. So I, I now know that I'm not alone in feeling that way either. During this time in my life, my attitude towards other people was similar towards my attitude towards God, mostly blame. Why didn't anyone protect me? I blamed everyone else for my life being the way that it was and never really taking responsibility for my own actions. I've had so many low points in my life. Two of the biggest were going to prison and then finding out I was pregnant while I was high. But more recently, I hit a low point and realized that if I don't submit and work on myself, my anger is going to bleed over into my children. Since submitting, the beginning and beginning my journey of healing, God has made many changes in my relationships with others. He has shown me that happiness can't be found in this world, but only through him. 
Admitting that has thinned out some friends, but it's also helped other relationships blossom. I have always been a people person and interacted really well with others. And I now believe that God is going to use that friendliness to spread hope, light, and the words to the broken. Because broken is something I speak fluently. So many areas of my old life are gone now. Escape isn't something I seek anymore. I'm in a place in my life where I feel true contentment. I look around and I see all the precious gifts God has given me. My best friend of 20 plus years who I've been married to for over 13. He married me while I was still incarcerated, (laughs) y'all. My two beautiful, healthy children, a home to keep us safe and warm, and all the other life essentials. I'm so thankful. I have so many blessings. I see these things, and I no longer feel a need to run. I can finally stop and start to listen what my true purpose is. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ, so we can do the thing, good things he planned for us long ago. He's been trying to get me to do this for a long time, y'all. Y'all don't know how long I fought it. (laughs) Ah, My walk with God has really changed. and It's done a 180, in fact. I told y'all I really didn't have a relationship with him before. I knew of him but didn't walk in faith. But now I know he exists because I can literally feel his spirit inside of me. The darkness I had known for so long were the demons of this world harassing me. Walking with Jesus is like being in the basking glow of the sun where no darkness can penetrate, although it still tries daily. Uh, John 1.5 says, The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I am meant to use my story and my pain to bring hope to the broken. My salvation comes from him and helping others. So now on to my outreach. (laughs) Some encouragement I would give to someone struggling is to never give up. Even at the lowest, when the whole weight of the world is on our shoulders, he still loves us. Never, nothing is past forgiveness with him, and there can always be brighter days, but not if we give up, so don't. Giving up, suicide, is so final and something we can't come back from, and I know the life I lived had me thinking about it more times than I care to admit. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things, all of them. (laughs) So I'm ready to share the good news with the world, and I will tell you how. See, I'm a very stubborn person. I don't like listening to orders and condemnation from others. I'm very rebellious and will purposely do the opposite just to make them mad. However, what I do like is music. So that is exactly what God used to start talking to me. Screaming at me, really. Told you, he's been screaming. (laughs) At first, it was through Jelly Roll. He isn't a Christian rapper, and he cusses a lot, just like me in his songs. (laughs) When I listened to him, all I heard was, I need God, and I need to go to church. Around this time, we had friends invite us to church. The fact that we are even friends with this family is so ironic that I laugh about it often. I went to a concert last weekend. It was called The Story Tour. And there was a preacher guy that said, God puts people, sends people to us in our time of need. 
Well, this is one such instance. I'd been looking for an outlet for my son's anger, which is some of that bleeding over I was telling you about. My anger bleeding over, well, now he's dealing with it. Well, I found a local Taekwondo program and enrolled him in it. Enter Justin Kraft. He invited us to a Christmas party at the Dojang, and I met Tella. Well, at the time, I was attempting to homeschool Chris, so she invited me to the homeschool groups at story and story time at the library. Over months, I became more comfortable with her and her friend Megan, who's now one of my besties too. And they were so kind and accepting. Like you said, there's just always been a, a very accepting feeling about this area, the people. I can't describe it, but where was I at? Ah. Sorry. So anyway, they were, they were very nice to me. And over time, they uh, invited us to get our kids together to go hang out. So I accepted. Well, God has a way of disarming us. Nature is my happy place. And that is where she casually mentioned in conversation that Justin is the assistant district attorney for Wetzel County. Now, I know y'all seen that picture. You see it up there? Well, it was somebody like Justin that sent me there for nine years of my life. So my fight or flight that day was definitely about to kick in. Instead, I opened up and told Tella the truth. She didn't gasp. She didn't snatch up her kids and run into the house. She didn't even bat an eye. And neither did Megan. They just both accepted me. And (sighs) that acceptance rocked me. But it didn't just come from them. Justin accepted me too, even after finding out. And then I found out he liked Jelly Roll. (laughs) I think that's when I truly started trusting him. So when they invited us to church, I went. Even if I knew I wasn't ready to rekindle my relationship with God, I knew my kids needed to at least be given the opportunity to have a relationship with him. I will never forget our first time walking into Valley Church. (laughs) Justin introduced me to Jonathan, this very down-to-earth looking guy around my age. My mouth almost hit the floor when I later realized he was the pastor. (laughs) But I liked what he had to say and the honesty with which he said it. The spirit really started trying to get me to listen, causing a breakdown or two on Miss Dawn and Sarah over there. Fast forward a few months. I had found a new Christian artist, ironically, through Jelly Roll. His name is Rare of Breed, and I was listening to him a lot. Him and Pastor Jonathan often quote the same verses. So, like, draw near to me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it had been an assault on all fronts. Then God told me to tell a guy in church about him. I thought I was supposed to tell him because Pastor Jonathan had just had him wrapped the week before. Well, I listened to God, but Darren just laughed it off, saying he didn't listen to rap. (laughs) I, too, tried to just shrug it off, off, but felt a bit miffed as I headed into service. Pastor Precious was preaching about Rome and how after the fall of the Colosseum, Christianity spread like wildfire. 
I want you all to remember that word. It's important. She then asked us to pray for our leaders, those over our schools, and anyone in authority, and invited us to pray for them. Meanwhile, I was being screamed at in my head that I needed to go up there and pray. So I did. And I wasn't a praying person, especially not publicly. But there I was, walking to the front. I took the microphone and sat down on the pew and began praying. Not for the leaders, like Pastor Precious had asked, but for the broken, those lost in addiction and darkness, those who felt that there was no way out. I prayed that he showed them a way to the light. And in that moment, my world got brighter. You see, I too am broken and lost. So many of us are. But he showed me that I don't have to be stuck there. He is the light. He sacrificed himself so that I didn't have to live in that darkness. Weeks later, Tina felt the same call to pray for the broken. That word is being said on repeat to many of us sitting in the pews today. We are meant to speak to the broken. I returned to my seat that day feeling lighter. Then after service, I had a woman come to me and just hug me. At the time, I didn't know this woman. She started crying and got two words out, my daughter. I knew immediately that she was lost and addicted to drugs. We cried for a while together, and I told her some of my story. She told me she had been praying for her daughter when the very words she was praying were coming out of my mouth. I had goosebumps. It was so crazy to me that God was working the very instant. I started really listening to him. So he sent more proof. That guy I felt called to talk about the Christian rapper <laughs> was her son, meaning that her daughter is his sister. When I'm finished, I'm going to play a song for you from this rapper. It's the same song I shared with her that day. It might not be your style of music, but I just ask that you listen to it with an open heart and see if you see the same parallels. This is one of many of these examples concerning this rapper where what he was rapping about helped me in real time in my life. You see, Pastor Precious was preaching about Christianity spreading like wildfire that day, and I was incarcerated for arson. I believe I am meant to set this valley on fire for Jesus. And I also believe that one of the ways I will be doing it uh, is through this rapper and his music. He says things I can't express in words, and it spoke to me in a very profound way. I think it will do the same for others. Give them a good alternative to all the negativity we hear in the world today. His music will convict you, though. Be prepared to weep. I also plan to spread the word by being a light, giving an example of, my, of the life we should all be living for him. I grew up singing a song called This Little Light of Mine. Y'all heard it? Well, now it's time to be that light and to live it. My favorite verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So let's spread the love and look out for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's stand the gap and hit our knees for them. Show them kindness when others only shun. These broken are the ones he wants the most. A few days after I submitted in church that Sunday, 
I randomly came across a post on Facebook for a group called Celebrate Recovery. It's a group I'm familiar with because I went through it the first time while incarcerated in prison. And I had just been hoping that there was something like it in the valley. So God showed me that there was. I started going and my true healing began. I met a group of the most amazing people who also immediately accepted me for who I am. If you are dealing with any hurts, habits, or hang-ups, come join us. You don't have to be an addict. We have people who come for things ranging from codependency, anger, and food addiction, all the way up to drug addiction and incarceration. We meet every Tuesday night in the Connections Community Church. It's right in front of the old hospital building beside Walgreens in New Martinsville. We welcome all, and it's like Vegas. What stays there, what's said there, stays there. <laughs> it's free therapy, and I hope to see some of you there. I'm going to leave you with a few more pictures before I play the song to drive home the point that there is light after darkness. My before and after show. Okay, so that, you guys see that? That's my prison cell. I spent, I don't know how many years laying on that very hard metal, whatever it is, in a little tiny cell. And then this is what I have now. So this is my home, and it's not much, it's not flashy or fancy, but it is ours. And we have so much to be thankful for. I am blessed, and yeah, I'm just thankful. God has done a lot for me in my life, and he can for you, too. See, my hair looks better now, y'all. <laughs> Candice, thank you for sharing. I know we're going to play a song here in a second, but Precious and I wanted to pray over you. Can we do that? And can we do that as a church? and Justin, will you just come up? You don't yeah. have to pray, but you are so pivotal in this. Sorry, I did not warn them, but I'm so thankful. Like, we're a family, and we go after the broken because that's what Jesus does. Father God, we praise you and magnify you and celebrate you, Jesus, because you ran after Candace. God, your reckless love chased her down, even if it took um, years. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you even used Justin and Tella to show her your love. Jesus, thank you that you have redeemed her. You have called her by name. She is yours. She will never be alone. Lord, I pray blessings of your favor and protection over Candace, over Ben, over Chris, over Desiree. God, just flood their home with the presence of your Holy Spirit and let Candace be that light, that um, wildfire that, that really got to her that just sets this valley ablaze for you, Jesus Christ. Use Candace to bring healing and hope to broken people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Valley Church. <laughs> Some of you don't know, but most of you do now. My name is Jonas. Um, I started off at a young age. Not really my family went to church, but I went to church with a lot of friends and family. 
as far as like going over to their houses, staying the night on weekends, you know. So I knew who the Lord was, but I didn't really know the Lord. Then growing up, as I got older and got my license, I could actually start attending church a little more. But I still really wasn't quite devoted as I should have been. Then after graduation, I uh, stepped out as a young man and started that wild and crazy life, and I strayed far away. I went out to work, I worked out of town, worked out of state, a lot of partying, alcohol, you know, the, the fun stuff that you thought you needed in your time of life when you're that young, but and it didn't turn out that way. But luckily when I came home and started settling back close to home, I met the love of my life again and we got married. And uh, she kept for years begging me to go back to church and me being hard-headed and just not listening sometimes, I uh, kind of just brushed it off and ignored it. But after a few years of her really persistently wanting to go back to church, we started going back to a local church for a couple years. And again, I had to go out of town to do some work and provide for the family because at that time we started having our kids and just things one led to another. But as we was going to that church and I had to go out of town, I went to many places, Louisiana, Montana, California. But when I was in California, that was pretty much the last straw for me. And uh, our youngest got sick and hospitalized for a while. So that, that put a heart in my heart and, and, of course, the wife's heart. That you know, We started praying that if, if, I, if I couldn't find a job to where they couldn't come with me, then I was going to try and find anything to stay home. Then luckily, once I got home from that job, uh, we still was attending the church, the local church that we was going to, but it just didn't quite feel like home, if that makes sense. I mean, it's a good church, don't get me wrong, but it just, I don't know, something wasn't there. Then So we started going to different churches, and we finally we settled to this church, and immediately upon going through the doors, this church was home. It just You could feel it. Everybody here was welcoming, and it was a great church to be into. And that's when the Lord really started working on my heart. Uh, actually, thanks to the Lord, and Jonathan kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and started praying in the circle out front and uh, doing the Father's Day speech. That, that really helped me a lot. And then the Lord just kept putting stuff on my heart. Then uh, we kept praying about it, and we got a local job here at a plant, which was turned out to be really nice because, you know, I was home, but... Unfortunately, that job started to turn toxic as far as the people in that plant and some of the work. So we prayed again some more. And now, with the God send that the Lord provided me with another job, I start 27th of a well tender, a Monday through Friday job, eight hour a day. It's the kind of job that only, you know, only He can provide because that's what we've asked for, and which really makes it nice. No more shift work. So now I have my Sundays that I can spend time with Him here. Plus, I have more time for the family and more time for him. And the God, God's been really good to us, especially these last, this, within this last year, the, being in this church and getting to know every one of you. And, and it is a family here. And if anything has, anybody has any, you know, doubts or anything, everybody here that is a family, you can talk to any, pretty much anybody, and everybody will help each other out. So it's been wonderful and amazing at this church. Then to top it off, you know, like Johnson said, we became co-directors here at Youth, and I never thought in a million years that I would do that. I know the wife; she's she's you know had a knack for leading children and stuff. So, but but I'm real thankful that I'm I'm really really thankful that he put it on my heart 
to start doing this and start stepping out of my comfort zone. And I learned to realize, too, especially speaking on Father's Day of, on Daniel, you know, that fiery furnace, that you can handle it if you have him with you on your side, in your corner. So that, that's been a, another true godsend as far as just me stepping out with my faith and just letting, letting the reins go and letting him take over. And I found out that stepping out, you know, you can walk on that water. You, you can be that person that you want to be with him beside you. Then, uh, then uh, I just can't wait for the next season to start and see where this journey of life takes us. I mean, it's been, it's been an honor and a blessing to be here and stand up here in front of all of you. Like I said, I never thought in a million years I would have that courage and not be nervous of doing it. So I thank him for that, too. And I just want to leave you, you know, with this. The Lord, just let the Lord take the reins of your life. If you're, you know, feeling down and out like me and you're not sure of that step, just step off. Let it go. He'll get you. He'll catch you. You know, he'll walk beside you. So I'll leave with this. And what Matthew said, or what Jesus says in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So just remember that. Thank you, Jonas. We appreciate your words and your encouragement. I know that uh, many of us are in the same place that you are and have been. And uh, man, God, God, just uh, this this past couple of weeks, man, just just uh, provided for their family a job that's just going to allow Jonas to be in church, be around his kids more. And we can't praise God enough. I mean, God is good, and we're all praying for you. So thank you for the encouragement. Let's 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 all pray over Jonas. God, thank you, Lord, for Jonas. Lord, you, you have uh, just brought him into this church as a man who is steady, a man who's focused, um, Lord, and, and one who just loves you, God. God, uh, we just pray that you'd continue to increase his faith and uh, just allow him to continually rest in you, Lord, um, just knowing that you will provide what he needs when he needs it. And um, God, you're so good. Watch over his family as well, Lord, and um, just uh, bless them as they uh, go about the youth ministry here at Valley Church. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, brother. All right, we got one more. And uh, I want to just, there he is, Mr. Josh. Thank you, Josh. Man, uh, we're so grateful that you're here today. We have, as a church, prayed for you and waited for this day to come. And uh, so we're excited to hear what God has done in your life and is still doing. I know that. So here you go. All right, thank you. For all of you that truly know me, please stand up. Um, I'm born and raised here in Payton City. Here's my sister and my mom. Mr. Schoolcraft, we grew up going to the Nazarene Church. You know me. And my past. <laughs> Brennan, co-worker. Um, Thank you. Good morning. I'm Joshua Neff, a recovering alcoholic addict. I'm not going to stand up here today and speak of all my accomplishments in life, nor do I have the time to speak of all my failures. But it's the failures that got me where I am today, spiritually, 
and I'm more proud to speak of those more than any of my accomplishments in life. I don't regret my past, nor do I judge others. We all strive to be perfect human beings in this world we live in, but not a single one of us in this room is. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a fragile mind from the disease of alcoholism that everyone I knew learned to deal with. It was a culture bestowed upon us that society accepted and had to deal with. I had my last drink on February 28th, 2022 at Los Angeles Airport. I envisioned something new in 22, a redo. Not all of us get such golden opportunities in life such as I did. I drank and drugged for 28 years of my life and finally came to realize that something had to change. So if you think it's too late for a change, I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. <clears throat> Just imagine becoming the way you used to be as a very, very young child. Before you understood the meaning of any word. Before opinions took over your minds. The real you is joyful, loving, and free. I truly believe God is changing the culture here on earth for he has seen enough. I don't need to elaborate for you see and hear it on your TVs and your phones. I also truly believe God uses us for each other. Our eyes are his receptors. Our minds are the transmitters. He knows all. I recently lost my father from the disease of alcoholism. <coughs> for me, this was just a friendly reminder that everything in this room and everything out them doors is all temporary, as is your bodies. However, eternal life is forever. When your body won't hold you anymore and it finally lets you free, will you be ready? When your feet won't walk another mile and your lips give their last kiss goodbye, will your hands be steady? When you lay down your fears, your hopes, and your doubts, the rings on your fingers and the keys to your house, will you be ready? Love in thought, love in the words, love in the songs they sing in the church. When the jealousy fades away and it's ash and dust for cash and lust, it's just hallelujah. Last thing I'd like to share is something I live by now known as the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. <clears throat> the Four Agreements. I got this on my fridge at home as well. I gave one to my son and I'm not perfect at it, but I work at it. <laughs> Number one, be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Number two, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dreams. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you will not be the victim of needless suffering. Number three, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. 
Number four, always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you're healthy as opposed to sick. And under any circumstance, simply do your best, and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. God has done a work in your life. He's bringing healing and hope to this valley through you. And uh, he is already, I mean, man. The reason I asked you to come here and share is because I witnessed this man at his father's funeral be a witness for Jesus be a, and be a light, just telling people to come to Jesus and find healing from addiction and get what they need. So thank you. Thank you. God sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. And that, that is the gospel. Can I just share that? That's the gospel. Known, you are known. That's each of us. Each of us are known and loved. So no matter where you find yourself today, sometimes we share these testimonies and, uh, you know, we, we think, oh, this is all in the past. Uh, you know, this is a current struggle. There's current struggles. Each one of us has current struggles. But you are known where you are at and you are loved. And so let's, let's praise God for showing his love in Jesus Christ. And let's pray over Josh. And God has a future for you, man. He does. And you're living it. Father, we thank you that, uh, Lord, you, you so graciously showed your love to Josh while he was still a sinner. And God, you show your love to us graciously every single day. Lord, so, th so we thank you for each of these testimonies that we've been able to, to share in here. We thank you, God, for your redemption, for the life that we have in Jesus, for the hope and healing found in his name. And so, Lord, we pray that in each of our lives, Lord, as we go from this place, we would be witnesses of you. God, that this year, this Thanksgiving, Lord, we would give thanks to you for your many blessings. God, it's more than enough. <laughs> Watch over each one of us, we pray. And God, show us your grace. We thank you for that in Christ Jesus. We pray this in your name. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you were impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.